Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today, the CEO at Rebel Marketing, Steve Busby. Steve, super excited to have you on the show. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? For sure, Rob. Thanks for having me. We're excited to be here as well. Um, yeah, so Rebel Marketing is a, a bit of a disruptor in the sponsorship space. Um, our whole goal as a company is to make the sponsorship agency business a more results-oriented process. Um, so our structure as a company is based on really putting our money where our mouth is as, as a philosophy. Um, you know, we believe that we should be delivering key brands to your doorstep in order to get paid rather than promising them and just trusting us that we'll come in in the background. So uh, we've over the last three years, you know, from starting this company on a couch in Cheeseman Park in Denver, uh, we've been able to grow it to 15 employees and, and have a really nice brand for ourselves. Awesome. So what I want to do here is dig a little bit more into your success mindset. And there's some things uh, that really stuck out to me about just checking out what you're doing on LinkedIn. And one thing you said is, I want your brand to love the idea we create together to harness and engaging your customers. Tell me more about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of partnerships that go on out here in this space. And in particular, I want to kind of key in on esports because it's been a big industry for our growth. Um, and the activation that we've seen kind of across the industry, a lot of times brands are just buying logo slap space. And, and, and sometimes that works, it's good for brand awareness, but it really doesn't do anything to move the needle. So when we work with someone, we really try to come up with a customized program that's going to move the needle specifically for that brand and drive sales uh, directly for them. So we did a partnership uh, with Jelly Belly, an esports arena uh, called Being Boozled, where it really harnessed the power of the influencer network. So the top players coming in for the tournament all immediately engaged with the broadcasters um, and, and talking about what the Bean Bozo activation was about. They were on a spinner, you know, building their own tweets around it. You know, that, that type of level of engagement is what really gets fans excited about a brand rather than just having something in the background. And when we're just talking about overall excitement, you know, any, any kind of conversation I approach with a brand, we need to have an initial dialogue about what's going to get them excited. I want to understand your brand. I want to, I want to know what has worked for you in the past and what hasn't and why. So it's a very consultative approach. We really don't talk numbers or anything like that in the sponsorship process until we have an idea that we're both excited about. So I think that's kind of a key part of the process. So one thing that I've seen over the years, just in sponsorships is there has to be a reason, reason to get people to care. So mm -hmm. just slapping a banner or a logo isn't going to do anything. But so often in sponsorship, that's like a large majority of what it is. It's like, oh, there'll right. be 10,000 people here and we're going to slap your name on a banner. And I'm supposed to care about that because I always flip it around to myself as a consumer. How sure. many times have you been like, oh my God, man, did you see that banner with that company logo on it? Holy smokes, is that awesome? <laughs> never, never. Right. Never. Yeah. I mean, look, you, you, I was lucky enough to, to start my career working for Kevin Adler at Engage Marketing. And he really instilled in me this belief that you need to have something that passed the who cares test, right? Would you bring your brother to it? Like you need to have something that pulls the audience in, engages them, gives them something to take away with them. Otherwise, to your point, 
Nobody's going to be talking about it. It's just another logo that they see. I mean, how many times have you gone to an arena and been like, oh, I saw, you know, a major brand's logo up on the, on the dashboard. I'm going to go buy their insurance. Right. Uh, about your esports campaign. So take me a little bit into how brands are thinking about esports. So I think it's interesting the relationship between esports and that brand you're working with because esports is new. And in right. the marketing and sponsorship space, new is good and fun and awesome. New right. is also scary and risky. It's absolutely scary and risky. And, and when you look at an industry like esports, it's the wild west, right? They're, they're seemingly a new opportunity for every brand in the country every month, right? That's, that's big and popping up. You know, we're selling out the Staples Center. The numbers are blowing people away that's happening in the esports space. Uh, and, and what we found is a lot of the brands that we talk to, and, and even in some cases, we're talking to agencies that are doing POVs on behalf of brands. And we've been in the esports space for two years now. And we find ourselves kind of kicking each other in the meeting, being like, why aren't we doing these POVs? You guys really don't understand the space. It is, to your point, it's not about just a pure logo slap. I mean, the numbers are unreal. You're talking like NFL playoff game size numbers for some of these esports tournaments, 4 million people streaming live. Uh, you know, we partnered with Esports Arena on the Ninja Live event in Vegas. And that was the largest stream of all time at that point. But what made it effective for the brand we worked with there, Purple Mattress Company, was getting the inclusion of, you know, the main influencer, Ninja, to do his broadcast interview about the event laying on a, uh, on a purple mattress, right? So you need to get those influencer inclusions and key assets kind of keyed in because it's the Michael Jordan effect, right? This, this guy's one of the top influencers in his space. So what he uses, inevitably his huge audience is gonna be interested in. So I think the influencer network is really one of the right ways to leverage this, but you have to pair it with high volume in some other fashion, whether that's high on-site experiential numbers or it's high digital numbers with an integrated campaign where you're doing product giveaways. What do you feel is the best way that a brand or a company can become a champion or even test esports because there's going to be internal challenges of, hey, who's the guy who knows everything about esports in our company? When you're right. like, most people don't even know that. And there's a big opportunity there and it takes some forward thinking on top of, oh, by the way, we just don't want to slap a logo on this. Like oftentimes brands can do something and try it out without seeing the tangible results. So it seems like with esports specifically, there's a lot of challenges, even though I believe a lot of people see the opportunities. Right, right. Yeah, and it, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up as a point because a lot of conversations we have will end up being with marketing managers that are a little bit older and definitely don't get it. So with them in all of these meetings, we hear them introduce, you know, we had actually a meeting yesterday with O'Reilly Auto Parts that was absolutely hilarious how the meeting kicked off. We asked him what he knew about esports. And he said, you know, I won a Mario Kart tournament 10 years ago, but that's about the extent of it, right? So, so it's, it's literally, they're, they're always inviting somebody that seems to be, you know, millennial in their 20s that gets the industry. So they can get that one internal person right next to them being like, oh, that's a legitimate opportunity, that makes sense, or, or, or it doesn't, right? And they need to know that we know what we're talking about. But the reality is a lot of these brands and a lot of the leadership is, is going to be older and does not understand the esports landscape. So you have to be 
kind of that professional that can explain it to them and tell them for their brand why certain opportunities going to work or not work, right? Every brand's different. Certain ones are gonna want ones with huge numbers on site and that's gonna make sense because the experiential put a coupon on their hand, do a giveaway, host their own mini tournament within the tournament, makes sense to engage the audience. For other brands, it's way more digital in nature, right? They're not, they're not looking for anything from an on-site experiential standpoint. They're looking for a clickable ad. Hey, you know, tweet at us to be entered to win. Think programs like that can be just as engaging depending on the brand. By the way, shout out to Mario Kart. I mean, even though that's not esports, it's a great <laughs> foundation of which to start the conversation with For someone sure. because I am also pro Mario Kart. Uh, back in the day in college, everybody used to love that. I think all of us 90 kids definitely are for sure. No doubt about that. So Steve, looking forward, what has your eye right now in the world of marketing or what should people be paying attention to? You know, honestly, I think based on the numbers alone in the future of esports, it's not going anywhere. Uh, we've, we've seen the numbers really grow and multiply. And I think really educating yourself on it so that you can have those informed discussions. I think both from the brand side and from the agency side, being informed on it's going to be huge for a lot of companies over the next five years. Where it goes from here with the development of VR is going to be the interesting thing to pay attention to. Because, you know, one of the main arguments people will have about, you know, is esports sports is these guys are sitting down playing games, you know, does it make sense? Are they actually athletes? Well, maybe with the infusion of VR technology, is that going to implement a little bit more of that, right? A, a little more athleticism into the sport. I'm going to be interested to watch that closely because right now VR really doesn't have any opportunities to be a true esport. Yeah, I mean, really, it's a matter of semantics. Does it even matter anymore if something is physical to call it a sport? Because at the end of the day, that's irrelevant. Call it a sport, call it a jelly bean for all I care. All I know is there's a crap ton of attention in right. happening in the esports world that if everyone's like, well, is it a sport? Is it not? That's the wrong question. It's misplaced focus. It's really, what is this opportunity? How can you better understand it for how you can engage it with your audience or theirs? Exactly. Exactly. I think it's, it, it's all about being able to speak the language. Um, and if you can understand what moves the needle and, and look at some of the success stories and understand why they worked, uh, you're going to be a step above the competition because there's still a lot of people in the marketing space right now that really don't know a thing about esports. So, Steve, I really enjoyed this. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course, uh, or our website is revelmarketing.co, uh, R-E-V is in Victor. Uh, if you want to reach me, just fill out the form submission on there. I'll get back to you right away. Um, uh, but you know, if anybody wants to get directly in touch with me, I'm happy to give my phone number out. It's uh, 312-802-4940. I'm already up to the point where I'm getting about 10 spare calls a day. So we may have to change that. <laughs> I know. So that's actually a, a challenge. So when you get so many calls from spammers, but also doing business development where people are coming from all across the nation right. where I've just learned the cities, like for example, right. I went to Miami of Ohio, so I get a ton from Oxford, so I know anything with a 513 area code is right. one that I'm not going to answer, yeah. but it is actually a challenge now of new business for the number of calls we get that aren't relevant to what we do. 
For sure. I think I'm thinking about getting a bat phone here soon just to, to actually give to my clients and say, hey, this is the one where you can reach me. Everybody else has got to go about it a different way. But look, I mean, at, at the end of the day, my whole brand and our brand here at Revel is about that human element, right? So, you know, I always encourage our team to build your own brand through the fact that you're being a human being. You're not just sending a form email to people, but you're like following up putting the voice behind it and coming through the phone and grabbing people by the shirt and saying, look, dude, this works. Let's talk about it. You know, that's the only way to really stand out in this space because most of the people we're reaching out to for sponsorship, getting a hundred to 300 emails a day. How are you going to stand out in that space? You got to have some personality. You got to have some phone skills and you got to be able to back it up with a good plan. And once again, that is why I'm such a proponent of podcasting finding different ways to connect with your audience and increase that know, like, and trust factor. Steve, had a blast talking with you. Thanks for coming on the show. Likewise, Rob. Thanks for having me. And as always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have thoughts, questions? Did this cause you to take actions? What are your thoughts on esports? And will you become a champion for your brand on it? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. And if you'd like to get some content creation and marketing tips to help you on your journey, go to BaconSports.com and sign up for my newsletter. And boom goes the dynamite.